Welcome to True to the Bible Podcast. This is Hunter Davis, and thank you for joining us for our second lesson on the series on the book of Deuteronomy. This morning we're going to be looking at Moses as he prepares the people to go into the land, and he gives them one command uh, in this chapter 4, and it's basically to do the law or to follow God. And we can make clear application here as we see Moses charging them to do two things that will help them follow the Word of God. Well, I hope you enjoy it, and remember, subscribe to the channel if you guys enjoy these lessons. Thanks. All right, Deuteronomy chapter 4. Deuteronomy chapter 4, remember um, that we're going through this whole book. We're going expositorily, but we're going through big section at a time. Who remembers what we did last week? What section of Scripture? Chapters 1 through 3. Okay, we did chapters 1 through 3. And who remembers anything about the lesson? This is bad because we're going to have Jeopardy over this soon. Anything about the lesson? Who wrote the book? Who wrote the book of Deuteronomy? Man, should we just go over last week's lesson? Should we just go over last week's lesson? I have notes. You have notes? Well, what? tell me anything, Molly. Man Man rebelled. Yeah, no, it's Moses, and we looked at the map, and we looked at what time period it was, and what was going on. It's the younger generation it's after their parents lived. That's exactly right. So remember, Moses is on like kind of a mountain area, and he's got the people of Israel. And how many people do you guys think there is there? There's a, there's a lot, like millions, over two million people there. Well over two million people there. Okay, there's two million people when they came out of Egypt. Okay, so there's well over 2 million people here. And he's talking to them, and he's saying, uh, for the first three chapters, don't forget what happened to your parents, because they messed up big time. Okay, and with, by the way, with this inspiring speech that um, Moses gives here, which is the book of Deuteronomy, he inspires the, I think, one of the greatest nation, or generations of Israel. Okay, Joshua's generation, if you read Joshua, it's like one of the greatest generations there is. So today, he continues, he plays off that, um, and he's, he commands them to obey God's law. And we're going to look at it. So turn to Deuteronomy chapter 4 if you're there, hopefully already. We're going to look at verse 1, 2, and 3. Okay, that's what we're going to read. And then we're going to see that verse 1, 2, and 3 actually outline the, the entire rest of this chapter. Okay, so look at it. Verse 1. It says, Now, O Israel, listen to the statutes and judgments which I am teaching you to perform, so you may live and go in and take possession of the land which the Lord, the God your fathers, has given to you. Remember, this is the younger generation. The older generation didn't get to go into the land because they disobeyed. It says, You shall not add to the word which I am commanding you, nor shall you take away from it, that you may keep the commands of the Lord your God which I have commanded you. Then verse 3, Your eyes have seen what the Lord has done in the case of Baal Peor, for all the men who follow Belpior, the Lord God has destroyed them from among you. Let's pray. Dear God, just come before you and thank you for this day you've given to us. And just thank you for the freedom you've given to us. And I pray you'd speak through me, encouraging and as needed. We love you and pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, knowing uh, what to do and knowing how to do it and doing it, they're all different things, right? And so, uh, one, I don't know if you guys know, but I went to OBU for a little while, one semester. It was super expensive. And that's in, like, Shawnee, Oklahoma. Okay, and so I went there, and they were starting a football team. It was their first year to ever play football. Now, I didn't ever play football. Okay, I played basketball and baseball. So I was a basketball and baseball player, and I knew how to play basketball and baseball. I didn't know how to play football. Okay, and so I 
I went on the team, I walked on or whatever, and I was playing, and as the coaches were like trying to coach me, I did not understand what was going on, okay? I was trying to be a safety, okay, which is my first problem, right? They wanted me to play safety, and so a safety, you have to know everything. You have to know what the offense is doing, you have to know what the defense is doing, you have to tell your cornerbacks and everybody what's, what's going on, and I didn't get it. I didn't understand what was going on. So as you can imagine, I was slow, and I couldn't do what I was supposed to do, not because I couldn't run fast, because I couldn't, I wasn't athletic enough, which I, I probably wasn't, but not because of that. It was mainly because I didn't know what was going on and I didn't know how to do what I was supposed to do. And I really didn't even know what I was supposed to do. Okay, here in this book, in, in Deuteronomy chapter 4, Moses, he starts telling the people, hey, this is what you need to do. He's letting them know what they need to do so that way they can do it. Okay, he's letting them know what they need to do so he can do it. Now, they're in the dispensation of law. We talked about this last week. Okay, so... Moses is talking about the law for them. Okay, what is what dispensation are we in? Grace. Grace. We're in the grace age, right? And so, what is our authority in the grace age? It is God. Okay, specifically, what has God given us? The Great Commission. The Bible. The Word of God. That's our authority, right? Okay, God's written out. He's given us His Word, and so even though we can't directly apply, maybe like the promise or the law, we can definitely apply uh, what Moses is telling them because he's saying, hey, you guys are getting ready to go to the band, or into the land, you need to obey God's law, and we need to obey the word of God. Okay, So let's look at it. We're going to look at three things, verse 1, verse 2, and verse 3, and then we're going to go throughout the book and check out what Moses has to say about each one. First thing is do what's right. Super obvious, it's in verse 1. Look at verse 1 again. He says now. Okay, When he says now, he's like because. Because of what I just said in 1 through 3. What are you saying in 1 through 3? Yeah, he reminded them about what their parents did wrong, right? So because of all this stuff that your parents did wrong, now listen. Okay, that word listen is important. Now listen. That's saying, hey, do. And how, here's another reason we know it's do. If you scroll on down, look at verse 6. Look at verse 6. It says, so keep and do them. For that is your wisdom and your understanding. So he's saying, do what's right. Keep the law. Do what's right because of what happened to your parents. Okay? So there's three things right here that Moses says in regards to doing what's right. Okay? The first one is, it's the wise thing to do. Okay? Wise thing to do. Look at verse 6 again. So keep them and do them. He's talking about the law. For that is your wisdom and your understanding. Okay? For them, they're in the dispensation of law, right? So what is the wise thing for them to do? Follow the law. Why? Because it's following God, right? Mm -hmm. So we're in dispensation of grace. What is the wise thing for us to do? Follow the Bible. Follow the Bible, because that's what God's given us to do, right? So it's a it's an easy application, an easy parallel here. Even though I'm not under the uh, this law, this particular law that they're talking about, that Moses is talking about, I'm still under the authority of God, under the authority of God's word. And so, what is the wise and understanding thing to do? It's to follow that, follow the word of God. Uh, we saw that all throughout Wednesday night when we're looking at the book of Proverbs, right? What's the wise thing to do? It's to follow the Word of God. Okay, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God, right? Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Yeah, that's what it says in Proverbs. So it's the wise thing to do, but it's also a testimony. Okay, it's also a testimony. Continue looking at verse 6 here. Okay, so it says it's uh, your wisdom and your understanding, but then he says, in the sight of all people who hear all these statutes and say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. So here's the thing. There's this huge theme in the Old Testament. Okay, There's this huge theme in the Old Testament. 
of God wanting everyone to know who he is. Okay? Why would God want everybody to know who he is? God's because he because mankind was created in his creation and he wants them and he wants us to be with him. Yeah, exactly. He wants us to be with him. Okay, he loves everyone. Okay, he doesn't love just Israel. And that's something as I've been doing some Bible reading, uh, just going through the Old Testament as a whole, it's one thing I've noticed is that God's not just like, hey, I'm just here for Israel. He's saying, no, Israel, you're going to be a light for me so that the whole world can know who I am, so that everybody can come to me because I love everyone. Okay, does that make sense to you guys? And so God's plan for Israel was to be a testimony to the people around him, okay, by keeping the law, okay? Can we be a testimony by doing the word of God? Yeah, we can. If we actually follow the Word of God, like James says, be doers of the Word, not hearers only. If we actually follow the Word of God, will people notice that? Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, especially if we're in context of our culture. Okay, especially if we're out in the world, okay, where everybody else is following the culture, they're definitely going to notice that. Okay, so we can have, uh, as we follow the Word of God, we can be uh, a testimony. Okay, this is uh, 2 Corinthians 5.20. Okay, the, the children of Israel, okay, they were the light. They were the ambassadors in a way for the rest of the nations. Okay, all the rest of the nations could see God through them. 2 Corinthians 5.20, therefore we, okay, that's us. We are ambassadors for Christ as through God making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, we are the child of God. We are God's ambassadors. Okay, that means we should look differently. Okay, not look differently and try and, like, like some people just try and look differently just to look different. Okay, that's not what this means when we say look differently. Okay, what he says when, when, we, when we mean look differently, okay, it means that our life reflects this and the world around us doesn't. Okay, so like if we're in youth group, okay, and Gatlin's like, I want to look different, so I'm going to do something stupid, so I look different. I'm going to wear a weird shirt, so I look different. Or I'm always, I'm going to grow my hair out and never cut it like a Nazarite. So that way I look different. Okay, that's not what we're talking about. Okay, hopefully when we're in the youth group, we all look the same, right? Because we're all following this. But our culture and our world, okay, doesn't follow this, right? They don't. And so when we mean look different, we mean when you compare yourself to people that are following the world and the culture, you do look different because you look like this. Does that make sense? Okay, and that's huge and that's important. And the question is, what does your life look like right now? What does it show to people in the culture, if you're in school, I mean, what do people, what do they think about you? What do they know about you? Okay, do they know you're a Christian? Do you stand out for your belief? Okay, um, and if you're homeschooled, uh, which a lot of you guys are, you know, when you go into a place, okay, that is driven by our culture, do you look different? Okay, and maybe you don't go in very many of those places, but you will, right, when you go to college and things like that. But even if you go out, like if you go to the jump house, okay, if you go to, uh, what's it called, Ultimate Air, okay, predominantly there's, when you go in that building, there's probably, you know, not everybody's safe, right? So there's probably kids that aren't acting right, they're doing things wrong, they're doing things different. So even in a place like that, you can stand out in some ways, right? So we need to be a testimony, we need to be an ambassador for Christ, okay? And it goes beyond actions too, by the way. We should be telling people too. They should see it in your life, and then you should tell them about it. Okay, your life should back up what you're telling. You should be sharing the gospel. Okay, all right. Third one. Okay, it's uh, it's the wise thing to do for us. Okay, it's a testimony. The third one. 
there are rewards and consequences. Move on down to verse 25. Let's just read this really quick, okay? It says, For when you became the father of children's children, uh, and you have remained in the land a long time, and act corruptly, and make an idol for them, and anything uh, that is evil in the sight of the Lord your God, and provoke him to anger, I will call heaven and earth as a witness against you today, and you will surely perish quickly from the land. Okay, if you keep reading, it talks more about the consequences that they will receive. Uh, for the sake of time, we're not going to read all of that. Here's the deal, though. There's a, there's a covenant between God and the people of Israel, right? And here, Moses saying, hey, if you don't do what you're supposed to do, you're going to be kicked out of the land. God says if you do what's right, you're going to fill the land, you're going to possess the land. If you don't do what's right, you're going to be kicked out of the land. There's a covenant. Okay, and the reason that I bring this up is because are we in that covenant? Are me and you in that covenant? No, we're not in that covenant. That was a covenant between God and Israel at that time, right? Okay, but there is still application here because like in Galatians, it says you sow what you reap. Or you, sorry, you reap what you sow, right? You reap what you sow, and that's a law of just life. Okay, and then also if you look throughout Scripture, God has promised us things if we do things. He's made us conditional and unconditional promises. Okay, like um, look at like Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and these things will be added unto you. Saying, if you seek God, then he's going to add these things to you. Okay, 1 Corinthians 3, when it talks about rewards, he says, hey, you know, you're going to do stuff in this life, and some of this stuff's going to get burned up, and it's going to be worthless. And some of it you're going to get rewarded for. You have to do things for that reward. Okay, we're not talking about eternal life, obviously, here. But we need to remember that there are conditional promises of God. That there are rewards, okay, and there are consequences. Okay, these guys got consequences. They got discipline of God. We talked about that last week a little bit. But, uh, you know, there's discipline. God doesn't always discipline us. Sometimes he shows us grace, but there is discipline for when we do things wrong. Does that make sense? Okay, so do what's right because it's a wise thing to do. It's a testimony of people around you, and there's rewards and consequences for it. All right, second thing, don't change it. It is a law. Okay, this is verse 2. Okay, verse 2, it says, You shall not add to the word which I am commanding you, nor take away from it, that you may keep the commands of the Lord God, which I command you. Okay, so don't change the word of God. So he says, do the word of God, and then he gives us two things. The first one is don't change it, that we tend to do to get out of doing the word of God. And we do this all the time, okay? So it's important, so listen. Uh, but, so, I, I, so this is my novel that I wrote, okay? So the reason I bring this up is because I had this thing edited, okay, a long time ago. I wrote it in 2013, so I wrote it a long time ago, okay? And I had a professional editor come in and edit the first chapter. And I basically stopped writing. Because I was like, this is dumb. She's changing everything. Okay, she's changing everything. I hate it. This is stupid in my private story, right? Because I wasn't humble enough to let this thing get edited. And so then it didn't even actually get published until 2020, 2019 or 2020, whenever it was, right? Because I was too stubborn to let somebody edit it. I had to have somebody else edit it eventually. But the reason I bring this up is because... Like when I write something down or when you guys write something down, when you guys write a paper, it needs changed, it needs fixed, it needs like um, buffed up a little bit, you know what I mean? Like when your English teacher gets a paper, she's going to be like, hey, here's some things you can do to make this better, right? Okay, when God writes something, it's perfect, okay, and we shouldn't ever change it. Does that make sense? And we try and change it a lot, okay, more than we think, and our culture changes it all the time. Okay, most make sure, okay that they, he makes sure that they know what God said, okay, and then he says, don't change this. Don't change this. Okay, and basically for us too, okay, we do the same where 
we hear the word of God, we know what's right, then we change it just a little bit and be like, see, I'm still following God. And really what we're doing is disobeying. Okay, that happens to us a lot. Our culture does that all the time. Look at verse 15 through verse 19 here, and we're going to see um, that the Israelites, and they do this later on, but Moses warns them about changing it, changing what God tells them. Look at verse 15. It says, So watch yourselves carefully, since you did not see any form on the day the Lord spoke to Yahweh in the midst of the fire. So you do not act corruptly and make a graven image for yourself or any figure in the likeness of a male or female, in the likeness of any animal that is on the earth or in the likeness of a winged bird that flies in the sky, in the likeness of anything that creeps on the ground or in the likeness of any fish in the water below in the earth. Okay, and beware, and beware not to lift up your eyes to heaven and see the sun or moon and stars and all the hosts of heaven and be drawn away and worship them and serve them, which the Lord your God has allotted to the uh, whole peoples under the heaven, okay, under heaven and earth. Okay, so what's he saying here? He's saying, watch out, Israel, because when you go into the land, there's going to be people there and they're going to be worshiping idols. Okay, now, if I was to tell, have you guys, like, be like, hey, how often are you tempted to bow down to a piece of wood or a piece of stone? You guys are going to be like, no, except Gatlin. He just said all the time, right? But, um, but most of us don't struggle with that, okay? But here's the deal. That was the culture back then. Okay, so put yourselves in their shoes and think about it. Okay, literally everyone around them said this is the cool, the right, the good thing to do was to worship these other idols. And that's why it was a temptation. Sometimes we look back at them and we're like, how could you make a golden calf? How could you be that dumb? Okay, but they were just following the culture. Okay, and the culture said these things are right, these things are true. And guess what? The culture is persuasive. Okay, we see that in our day and time right now. Okay, they, they persuade us to think things are good that are bad, like abortion, right? I mean, just throw that one out there, right? But I mean, there's tons more. They, they persuade us that these things aren't bad, they're good. And this is what the, the people of Israel were facing. They were facing a culture that were persuading them, that bowing down to idols and um, you know wood, stone, gold, stuff like that, was good. Their culture was influencing. And let me tell you this, culture always changes the word of God. The culture always changes the word of God because the culture is our world, okay? And the world is controlled by the devil. So it changes the word of God. Think about it. What happened in the garden? Okay, Adam and Eve, they're perfect. They're sitting there. Uh, Eve's sitting by the tree um, or whatever, I don't know. And Satan comes up, and what does he say? What, well, he, said, he asked her a question. You know, right? What, what's God telling you to do? What is, he, is that really what he's saying? And he actually used the word of God. And he actually said the word of God in order to kind of change it just enough to where she should disobey God. What did Satan tempt Jesus with? He, he tempted him with the word of God. He tempted him with the word of God, or tried to, right? How? By twisting it. By changing it just enough that it sounded right. Okay, and our culture does the same thing. They say, oh, if you really want to love somebody, you'll do this. Well, that goes against God's word. But doesn't God say to love people? Well, then it's got to be right. And they change, they change the word of God. And we change the word of God too. Okay, And we do. And, and there's times in our life when we, without even the culture's influence, we change the word of God. You know, in our own mind, we make things out not to be as bad as they are. And we tweak the word of God. Just, well, does it really say that? Or is it kind of saying this? You know, I, I hear a bunch of people all the time say, 
Well, the culture back then was different, so it's, it's okay now. You know, there's a lot of people that say homosexuality wasn't invented until um, recently. They say, they say, and they go back and they say, well, this, this Hebrew word for homosexuality doesn't mean homosexuality. Well, learn Hebrew and Greek, because it does, first off. Okay, and secondly, you're just, you're just trying to change God's word so you can do what you want to do and disobey God. And that's what Moses is saying, guys. He's saying, guys, it's going to be easy to follow the culture and change the word of God just enough. And then you're going to pretend like you're following God. Okay, and there, you see that in our culture too. People follow. They're like, hey, look, I'm following God. And really, they're not. They're disobeying God, and they're just changing his word to make it seem like they're following God. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay, we've got to be really careful. Because our culture's like, this is huge in our culture today. It's huge in our culture today. They do that all the time. We tend to do it as well. So, what does our culture say? What are things that our culture tries to get us to compromise on? Okay, think about it in your own life. Okay, what are things that the, the culture around you or the people around you trying to get you to compromise on? And they might even th- say, hey, this is right. This is right. Look, this is the right way to go. And they might even use the Word of God. Okay, but they're changing it. And that's not, that's not how it works. We can't change the Word of God. The Word of God is perfect. Okay, the final thing. This goes back to chapters 1 through 3. We'll go through it real quick, okay? Don't forget the Word of God. So usually when we disobey the Word of God, it's because we change it or we forget it. Okay, if we know the Word of God, okay, maybe we don't know the Word of God, then we disobey it. But if we know the Word of God, either we change it or we forget it, or we just completely outright rebel against it. But we change it or forget it. So this is verse 3. It says, Your eyes have seen what the Lord has done in the case of Baal Peor, and the men who follow Baal Peor, and the Lord your God has destroyed them. Okay, this is talking about Numbers chapter 25. You guys remember the account where they hold up the bronze snake? The guys have to look at it to be saved. That's what he's talking about here. He's saying, hey... You need to remember what has happened. If you look at verse 9 through 14, okay, which we don't really have time to go into, he talks again about remembering. He talks about how um, God in verse 10, if you look at it, it says, Remember the day you stood before the Lord at Horeb? He talks about how they actually got the words from God. Okay, They got words from God, and then they forget about it. Okay? And then they forget about what the parents did, right? But he's saying, hey, you guys don't forget about it. Don't forget about uh, what God did um, and who he is. And really, that's the two things that we need to remember as well. This is a, this is a picture of my prayer, uh, a prayer journal type thing that I have um, that I encourage you guys to maybe do yourselves. Okay, I, I just have it titled Remembering God. And right now, there's just 11 things on it. Okay, it's not every little thing. There's 11 huge, momentous things that happened in my life that I knew God was working in. Okay, and then, you know, the other day I pull this out and I open up and I start reading them. And it's like, man, look what God did for me. Look what God did for me. Because if I don't remember what God's done or who he is, it's really easy to not do his word. Does that make sense? So we need to remember who he is and what he's done. Okay, these are two things that we're going to look at, uh, what I just said. Okay, what he's done, who he is. We've got to remember what he's done, who he is. 9 through 14, which I just talked about, it shows... Uh, what God did. Okay, he gave them the law. He spoke with them. Okay, these people saw Moses come out of a tent and his face glow because he was talking directly with God. They saw the, the Red Sea part. So they've seen, I mean, they've seen tons of stuff, right? They've seen tons of stuff of what God did. In verse 3, they saw the, uh, God discipline by sending snakes and then save people, okay, that trusted him. So they've seen it all. They've seen everything. Um, and God's done things in your life too. Okay, God's done things in your life too, and you need to remember those things. Okay, that's why I write those things down. 
So we can remember them. We can remember what God does. And really, because we remember what God does, um, it shows us who he is. Okay, this is verse 32 through 40. I'm going to read a little bit of this, okay, because it's important. Um, and I think one of the most important things we can do is remember who God is. Okay, when we remember who God is, we can trust him, we can follow him. Okay, so look at verse 32. After all this, Moses says, hey, remember what's going on. Remember what happened. Don't fall away. Don't change the word of God. And then he says, indeed, I ask concerning the former days which were before you. Since the day that God created man on the earth, inquire from one end of the heaven to the other. He's saying, look across the entire earth. Look across the, uh, the entire earth. Has anything been done like this great thing? Or anything been heard like it? Has any people heard the voice of God speaking from the midst of the fire as you heard it and survived? Or has a God tried to take himself a nation within other nations by trials and signs and wonders and war and mighty hand and by an outstretched arm? By great terrors as the Lord your God did for you in Egypt, right before your eyes, to you was shown that you might know that the Lord, He is God. They saw great things of God. Why? Because they, why does Moses say that they saw these great things? That you might know the Lord is God. You want to know who God is. Okay, and if you want to be a Christ follower, you need to know who God is. Part of that is by looking at what he's done in your life and looking at what he's done in other people's lives, looking at what he did in the, in the Scripture. That's, a good, that's why I love reading the Old Testament and teaching the Old Testament because we see who God is. Okay, we see how powerful he is, how much he loves people. We see all these things from these accounts in the Old Testament because we see how God dealt with people. And I love it. Okay, and we got to remember who he is. We've got to remember what he's done for us and other people, and remember who he is. And if we do that, okay, we're not going to forget who he is, what he's done, and we're not going to forget his word, what we should do with it, and we're going to do it. Right? So don't forget. That's what that's what Moses is calling them to do. Don't forget. Okay? I'm going to wrap it up because it's time. Okay? Impact. What, what do we do? One simple, one simple line. Okay? This is what we can do. Do the word of God by not forgetting it and not changing it. Do the Word of God by not forgetting and not changing it. So if we don't want to forget it, read the Bible so we remember what the Word of God is, who God is, what He's done, and then write out some things maybe um, in your own life that God's done for you. And be like, I'm not going to forget these things. I'm not going to forget these things. I'm going to remember what God's done for me. And I'm going to look on, back on that when I'm in a hard time and be like, man, this is what God's done for me. Okay, so don't forget and then don't change it. Okay, don't change it. This is a lot easier to do than we think it is. And our culture is doing it all the time. Don't make God's, don't take God's word and try and change it into something so that you can do what you want to do. Make sense? Thumbs up? All right. Well, that's all for True to the Bible podcast. We hope that you've enjoyed this lesson, and we hope that you join us again for our next podcast. Thanks.